this morning, worship Him. Open your mouth and thank the Father this morning. Open your mouth and thank your Father this morning. Alright, 
We've been studying the believer's authority for the past two weeks now. Many of us have been blessed by that. Many of us have been blessed by that. Alright, let's see if we can do a finishing touch today. The believer's authority. Alright, are we ready? <clears throat> are we ready? Let's study. You know, on Wednesday we said, but Pastor, you know, I didn't tell you this. On Wednesday we agreed that the church is a school where everybody comes to learn and comes to learn right theology, right scriptures. Kennedy again says, if the churches can do their work well, there'll be no need for a Bible school. So that is why we come to church today and we come to service today to learn. So when you come to service today, your main aspect or your main goal should not be, oh, oh somebody change this mic a bit, please. Thank you. Please, today, I want you to obey the ushers as they'll be doing their job. Praise God. Praise God. All right, let's continue. You know, when you come to service, the service is not a place where you just come and receive promotion and receive um, something, some, let me just say frivolities. This church is for learning, it's for study, it's for intense place where the scriptures need to be dissected. The, Bible, the disciples of Christ had no, had no Bible school, they only studied the scriptures and they understood. In the book of Acts, the disciples never had a Bible school. The Bible says they gathered together daily and fellowship and they learned. So when you can come together and sit down and hear the word of God for yourself, the word of God has the power to transform you. And listen, as I will be teaching today, there is something that will go to happen because there is something about the word of God that can change you. The word of God can dissolve sicknesses. The word of God can transform lives. If you can pay attention to the word, the word can address situations. So if you can listen to me well, if you have any challenge, sicknesses will be dissolved even right as I'm speaking. Amen. Are you hearing me this morning? All right, let's study. Philemon 1 verse 6. Philemon 1 verse 6. Philemon chapter 1 verse 6. It says that the communication of your faith will become effectual by acknowledging every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. The word communication there is from the Greek word koinonia, that is the fellowship, the communication, the fellowship, the gathering of your faith becomes effectual. How does it become effectual? By acknowledging every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. And we settled in the past two weeks that a believer doesn't have a faith problem. We settled that in Romans 10 verse 17, the Bible says, Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So the very moment you are the gospel, you receive faith. So you don't say, I want to keep growing in faith. No, you only grow in knowledge. You don't say, I want my faith to increase as a master said, those, all of those things are teachings. You don't just use those things. Those are parables of Jesus. And you need to understand those things. So you need to understand the knowledge of which you've been saved. And I explained, I said, the very reason why we are learning in church today is that we are learning what happened to us at salvation. So it's basically like we are learning backwards. We are learning what happened, what went happened, what came on you the very moment you received the gospel. Are you following me carefully this morning? Yeah. You're not sounding everyone has yeah, yeah. to be <laughs> Praise God. Oh, you are missing Pastor too much. Uh -huh. <laughs> Praise God. <clears throat> so the believers should acknowledge every good thing which is in them where in Christ. Listen, he did not say acknowledge every good thing which is in you in devils. <laughs> you know some people they don't know more than the devil, the devil, the devil, the devil. <laughs> some people, every good thing they want to learn is how the devil is doing them. They want to learn the rudiments of devils. You know, I was talking with <laughs> someone told me, said, uh, so uh, there is there is an age, or there is a connection you will get to. Pastor, let me tell you. There is a connection you will get to, and the devil will try to stop you. I said, Okay, tell me more. 
He said, because there is a grace for the grace. Oh, I said, hmm, we'll preach it. <laughs> you know, said, because for every level there's a new devil. Have you heard that statement before? <laughs> For every level, there is a new devil. And to continue in that level, you need to face that devil. Ah, please. <laughs> Praise God. It says you should acknowledge every good thing where? In Christ. So that if there are some good things that are in you that you've not known, and you will not know except you have knowledge. So knowledge is the death of a believer. Am I communicating? Listen, the Bible made us to understand that believers, we only sleep. So nothing kills the believer because we have eternal life. But what kills the believer is ignorance and that is death to the believer. And if you don't know, and that is why you must do due diligence to study. You must give yourself to study. Paul was writing to Timothy in 2 Timothy 2 verse 15. He says, study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that needed not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. And we said it last week. We said, even Jesus did not rely on his own experience. We said it last week, this two weeks ago, we said, Jesus rose from the dead. And I expected him to come and tell them, guys, it was not easy. <clears throat> what I went through in hell for three days and three nights, it wasn't easy. That I suffered. The, uh, there was no food there. But listen, he never addressed that situation. He did not even rely on his own eyewitness. He did not rely on his own experiences. The very way you start saying, because that thing happened to somebody, that thing happened to somebody, it did not happen to you, you've made a mistake. What is the word saying about you? So, some people, they don't know what, pastor. Some people don't know what. The only thing they know is that situation happened to that person. It happened to that person. Or because it happened to somebody in my family. <laughs> it did not happen to you. Ah. <laughs> they now call it family pattern and you are born again. <laughs> it's like some people don't understand why you are born again. It's like you don't understand. So that if Jesus died in vain to have family pattern for you. <laughs> Praise God. Praise God. See, if you don't know your authority, you will get so the devil will beat you blue black. <laughs> the Bible says the devil will move around like a royal and seek, seeking whom he may devour. Who is it devouring if you don't have knowledge? You get what I'm saying? Say there's family pattern in your family. That's because this one's happening to you. Go and work out, do things well. This will work out for you. Stop saying family pattern. The very moment you go born again, you see it from a family pattern. You now move. This is you were translated into from the he said you were delivered. From the kingdom of darkness, it starts there. <laughs> he now says, after that, you were translated to his kingdom of his dear son. So he first delivered you and translated you. Then he now says, there's a family pattern. Where? Who fits in bond there? <laughs> <laughs> oh, praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. That devil is a bastard. <laughs> All right. This is the believer. The communication of our faith becomes effectual out by acknowledging every good thing which is in you. We're in Christ, not in devils, not in yourself, but we're in Christ. So that is when you got born again, there are a lot of good things that is in you. But if you don't acknowledge them, you will not know. So that is why you are in service today to come and understand what are the good things that are in you in Christ Jesus, such as your authority. Are you getting what I'm saying? So you will understand your authority and understand how to use it effectively. So that's why we studied last week how to use your authority. And we studied, I will say, your authority is in your words. What are you saying? What are you speaking? Are you speaking the word? Are you speaking your experiences or you are speaking your doubt? We studied last week, we said, Jesus even rose from the dead out by the words of the scriptures. He was speaking. We saw it in Acts chapter 2. He spoke out and he came out of the grave alive. 
And the funniest thing is, he did not rely on his experiences. He did not say, huh, guys, uh, you know, I'm tired. Can you just feed me? This, this journey I just went to in three days and three nights is not easy. You think it is easy to die for you people? You think so? What did this do? The Bible says in Luke 24, verse 25, they called them all fools because they didn't understand. He says, all fools slow about to believe all the prophet has said. He says, ought not Christ to have raised from the dead the third day? The Bible says, I'm beginning from Moses. I call that place a tautology because Moses was actually the beginning. He says, I'm beginning from Moses and all prophets. He says, he began to expound unto them. That's where we got a suggestions from. Jesus began teaching with services with them. He started showing them from Genesis, Exodus, to all the prophets and showed them the things concerning himself. So they were well groomed. That's why if you come for Bible service, if you, if you are very conversant with our Bible study, we'll be studying the book of Acts, you will see that the disciples never changed their message. I expected Peter, when he was preaching, to say, guys, you know I walked on water with Jesus. You know that's what some people preach. You know I walked on, you know, the people, how they prepare their sermons. There was a man of God. I was just on my bed yesterday. And I saw the incense and the flies moving all around. And I knew God was speaking. Then I said, today's service and the sermon is the incense and the fly. <laughs> that is how some people preach because they don't study. <laughs> so we say, the tree and the wood. You know, say, mm. and you know the funniest thing? You say, mm. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay, let's go. Acts chapter 1, um, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17. Ephesians 1, let's see, verse 17 to 22. It says that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of what wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him this was first prayer to the official church that the spirit of god will give them the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him verse 18 why that their eyes of understanding being enlightened that ye may know the hope of his calling and what is the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints this verse this verse and what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards all who believe according to the working of his mighty power? Listen, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead. Listen to me, guys. What Jesus did at, at the salvation or at the resurrection of Christ was that God exacted all the power you could ever imagine. Listen, this is the greatest attribute of power ever mentioned in the Bible. I will take it for you gradually. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power? And what of his power towards what we believe? According to the walking mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he rose him from the dead. You want to see God's display of power? You want to see where God exerted his full force of power? It was true in the resurrection of Christ. It was in the resurrection of Christ. I don't have time. I will have gone through the Greek words of everything. Because there is an upper belong. That is, there was an exact force throwing beyond targets. God exacted all his power on Christ when he rose him from the dead. And he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in heavenly places. Next verse. Far above all principalities and power, right and dominion, and everything that is named, not only in this world, but in that which is to come. And he has put all things under his feet to him be the head over all things, even the church. To the church. Next verse. Which is his body. The fullness of him that filleth all in all. Now watch carefully. You want to see God's display of power. It was in the resurrection of Christ. 
And the resurrection of Christ wasn't on his own. I don't know if I'm communicating. Jesus did not raise from the dead alone. We've settled this in the past two weeks. Jesus rose from the dead with us. Let me show you a scripture. Go to Romans chapter 6. Go to Romans chapter 6, verse 3. Romans 6, verse 3. Romans 6, verse 3. Romans chapter 6, verse 3. Let's start from Romans 6, verse 3. It says, Know you not that so many of us were baptized into Jesus Christ, were baptized into his death. The very moment you and I got born again, we got a term called identification. Listen, what happened to Jesus happened to the believer in Christ. Jesus did not die alone. He died with us. Now listen to me. You say, okay, he died with us. Yes. He did it so that we can identify and the only thing we need to do is just to believe. You and I have no part to play in salvation because we can't kill ourselves. We only have to just believe in that sacrifice. And once we believe in that sacrifice, everything that happened to Christ happened to us. He says, no, you not. That so many of us that were baptized into Jesus were baptized into his death. The word baptized is from the Greek of baptism, that is, you were dipped into his death. Now, look at next verse, next verse, next verse. Next verse, verse 4. Verse 4. Verse 4. It says, Therefore, we are buried with him by the baptism into death. So, what is going on here? You died with him. You were buried with him. It says that like as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so, we should walk in the newness of life. Why? Because we also raised with him. So, how did God display power? He displayed power by the resurrection of Christ for all of us. We saw the greatest display of power. We saw the greatest display of power the very moment we got born again. <laughs> you are missing me here, right? You are not following me. Let's talk, let's come again. Listen, the very moment you and I got born again is the very moment power was unleashed. Why? Because God, if there is a word of finish, if there is something like finish. God finished all his power on Jesus by raising him from the dead. Because when he rose Jesus from the dead, he gave him all things. And listen, it did not just happen to Jesus alone. It happened to every one of us seated here and believers all over the world as far as you believe the gospel. So that is a term called identification. That is, I identify with Christ's death. I identify Christ with Christ's burial. I identify Christ with Christ's resurrection. So, all that Christ have, I have. You're not following me. That is, all that Christ have, I have. All that Christ can do, I can do. You say, how can I do it? We are calling it. That's why we are studying. Now, look at something. Go back to that same Ephesians. Look at Ephesians 2 verse 6. I'm trying to draw a point here. Ephesians 2 verse 6. It's going to make sense to you now. Ephesians 2 verse 6. It says, And it raised us all together. So, Katizo. That is, we were in union with him. So, when Christ raised from the dead, he raised us all together. Where? And made us sit together yes. with him in heavenly places. So when Christ rose from the dead and he was sitting in heavenly places, he wasn't sitting alone. He was sitting with us. So that is me and you in the spirit realm, we are somewhere seated. And we have all power and all dominion under our feet. Like you're not following me this morning. 
all that Christ did. That is why it is, it is ignorance for you to say that something is wrong with you or a demon is tormenting you or the devil is dealing with you as a believer. It doesn't make sense. Can I, can I say that again? It doesn't make sense because all that Christ have, I have. All that happened to Christ, I have, it happened to me. When Christ rose from the dead and he seated in a place of authority, I am seated there and you are saying that the devil can still torment me. It doesn't make sense. It fits in feet. <laughs> now watch carefully. He says, and he has raised us all together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So where are we? In Christ Jesus. That is, there is a union, there is an identity with us. A believer is not on his own, he's in Christ. Are you getting what I'm saying? Now, watch carefully. If all that happened to Jesus happened to us, how come we don't know? Ignorance. How come we are still living the way we should be living, the way we are living, and we are not living in the way Christ is living? Don't forget in first John, he made us to understand, as he is, so are we. That was not a mistake. You see, as he is, so are we in this world. He did not say, so we were. He said, so are we. That is, we have the same status as he is. That's why in Romans 8, it says, we are joint heirs. He did not say it loud. We are joint heirs with Christ. So that is, whatsoever happened to Christ, happened to you. So when did it happen to you? The very moment you got born again. The very moment you received the gospel. The very moment you believed that Christ died. The very moment you believed that Christ was buried. The very moment you believed that Christ rose from the dead for your sins. Everything happened. A lot happened within the split seconds. A believer got born again. That very moment the believer was transformed. That very moment the believer was delivered. That very moment the believer was seated in Christ. Everything. So we are just learning. We are learning the everything that happened to us that day. <laughs> are you following me this morning? Yes, now look at 2 Corinthians 5, verse 6. 2 Corinthians 6, I mean, verse 14. 2 Corinthians 6, verse 14. 2 Corinthians 6, 14. <clears throat> It says, but ye be ye not equally yoked together with unbelievers. For what communication has righteousness with unrighteousness, and what communion hath light with darkness, Nezvas? Verse, I want to, I'm, I'm, I'm actually going to 16. It says, and what concord hath Christ rebellion, or what part has he that believeth with an infidel, Nezvas? And what agreement are the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God, as God has said, I will dwell in them, I will walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Now watch carefully. God's dwelling place is in the man in Christ. Where God lives, he lives in you. The Bible made us to understand we are the temple of God. So that is, wherever God dwells is where we are. Okay, you will say, but God is living in heaven. If there was a day God created heaven and earth, where was he before he created heaven and earth? I don't know if you are following me today. Look at First Timothy. Let's answer that question in First Timothy. First Timothy 6 verse 16. First Timothy 6 16. 1 Timothy 6, 16. 1 Timothy 6, verse 16. It says, Who only at immortality dwelling in him, in the, it says, Who only at immortality dwelling in light, which no man can approach, 
whom no man had seen, nor will ever see. So God draws in an unapproachable light, which no man will see, or will ever see. And in John 8 verse 12, he made us to understand, I am the light of life, whosoever will receive me. So where does that light of life dwells? In you. A believer is a carrier of God's presence. You don't call me. You know that song though. Um, there is something. I know. I'm sorry to bust your bubble. I know you like that song. There is something that makes me come into. The thing that is making you, you need to find it out though. <laughs> there is something that makes. Ah! You only people play that song here. Everybody does. There is something that makes me go. If you still don't know that thing that is making you come, a believer doesn't leave God's presence. <laughs> we are there. If we are seated with him, why are we living? <laughs> are you getting me this morning? Now, watch carefully. So, whatsoever happened to Christ, what does he do? It happened to you. I need, that. I need you to understand that. So when you read your Bible and Jesus demonstrated authority, you will know that this thing I can do it. Are you following me carefully? You will know that ah, ah, he dwells in me, he has given me the power, I have the fullness of life, the, it says, the words that I speak are life. Are you following me carefully? He says, and you shall trample upon devils, upon servants and scorpions, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Nothing. As in nothing. If the Bible says nothing, accept it for nothing. The problem about believers today is they don't want to accept the words of the scripture. If it says nothing can hurt you, accept it as nothing. Those that say, oh, you don't understand. That's where you missed it. That is why you said you don't understand. That's why your life is the way it is. That's the truth. So people are stagnant as believers because they don't. They are, they are claiming to have more intelligence with their experiences on the world. If I told you, I said Jesus never even relied on his own experience. So how dare you, as a believer, rely on your experience? You need to align your experience with the written word. Are you following what I'm saying? You need to believe the scriptures for what he has said. If the scripture says nothing can by enemies hurt you, accept it like that. But the moment you start using your head and I say, if you know what I've been through in life, that is why you've been going through it. That is exactly why you've been going through what in life. The moment you recondition your mind and say nothing shall by enemies hurt you, I bet you things will change. The word never fails. It says, heaven and earth shall pass away, but the word of God will never, never. Are you following me this morning? Alright, let's keep it for that. Let's go now. Second Corinthians. Let's see. 2 Corinthians. <clears throat> let's see. We are studying our authority. Are you learning something this morning? Yes. We are studying our authority. Authority. Mm. Our authority. You see, the believer needs to understand your authority. If you don't understand your authority, hey, hey, look at 2 Corinthians 5.16. 2 Corinthians 5.16. It says, Wherefore henceforth, know we no man after the flesh, yet though we have not Christ after the flesh, yet henceforth we know him no more. What was Paul saying about the four Gospels, we knew Christ after the flesh. The four Gospels, we saw a man who walked under the authority. And we said two weeks ago, or last week, we said Christ in the four Gospels is Christ the anointed. Christ in the epistles is Christ the exalted. That is, he was anointed to do whatsoever he was doing. The Bible says in Matthew 4, it says, Our God anointed Jesus of Nazareth, who went about doing good, healing those who were oppressed. So he was anointed to do whatsoever he was doing. Are you following me carefully? So when he wanted to give his disciples authority or power, he gave them as a power of attorney. That is, go and do this on my behalf. 
because they, they are not yet reached a stage where they could do it because he has not fulfilled the redemption plan. Are you following this carefully? So whatsoever he was doing as the four gospels, we can do it. Now, and we can even do it better because now we have the fullness of him in us. Are you getting it? We have the fullness of him in us. So that was why in Mark 16, when he was giving them the, com the, the command in Mark 16, he says, go into the world, preach the gospel to every creation, those that believe and those that are condemned. And if you don't believe, you will, you will be condemned. And if you believe, you will be saved. He now says, and I like that those places he was saying. He says, I cast out devils in my name. He says, heal the sick, lay hands on the sick. He now says, and they will speak with new tongues and they will eat. Deadly poison. Hey. Pastor, I laughed out. I said it last week and I'm saying it again. It says, We shall eat deadly poison. He shall not harm you. I like it. <laughs> Paul now told us, He said, Eating, asking no question for conscience. <laughs> oh, praise God. Hallelujah. He gave us that authority. But listen. What is happening to many of us is fear. Fear to use our authority. There was never a situation Jesus never withstood in the four Gospels. That is the same for you as a believer. <laughs> Jesus came to show us the kind of man we should be. Are you following me? God came as a man to show us how men should live. To show us how men has dominion. To show us how men has authority. He healed the sick so that we too can understand how that we can heal the sick. He rose the dead so that we can understand that we can raise the dead. He spoke words so that we too can understand the power or the efficacy of our words as believers. If you say bad things with your words, they are going to come to you. Are you getting what I'm saying? Jesus, we saw it last week. Jesus said in Mark 11, 23, you shall have whatsoever you say. Are you following this? <laughs> Many a times, someone said something when I was growing up. He says, your words are a reflection of, your life is a reflection of your words you've spoken. So this person said, do a check on your life and see what you've been saying. Have you been speaking the right words or you've been speaking the wrong words? Are you following what I'm saying? All right, I want us to do, I want us to kick it out further from there today. I want us to see more things. I, I want to answer some questions that seem so, that looks like, um, <clears throat> that looks like, oh, we might not get some understanding of it. The question is, does it mean that man has authority over heaven and where God is and by implication, does it mean that he has authority over where God created him? Have you heard that story or that um, myth before where people say you have authority over heaven? You can speak and heaven will answer you. Are you getting what I'm saying? All right, let's, let's, do, let's do a little explanation on that this morning. Now, you see, we address and we settled that God draws in an unapproachable light. And he created heaven and earth for man. God doesn't live in heaven. He is not conditioned to a place. Heaven and earth was created for man. Are you follow what I'm saying this morning? Heaven and earth were created for man. That, was, that is why in today, who is in heaven? The man Christ Jesus. Are you following me? The man Christ Jesus is in heaven, not God. God dressed in an unapproachable light. Are you following me? So what was heaven created for? Heaven and earth were created for man. Look at, look at Ephesians 4 verse 10. Ephesians 4 verse 10. Ephesians 4 verse 10. He says, he, has, he, he that descended is the same also that ascended all far above all heavens. That he might feel all things. So God's dwelling place is beyond where we can see. 
So don't think that God is living in heaven. You know, some people, all their life, the reason why they are even a believer is because they want to go and meet God in heaven. Calm down. It's fellow, it's all of us that you will meet there. <laughs> it's me you will meet there. <laughs> you know, that man said, pay $7,000 and I will show you the way to heaven. I think I need to go. I will make sure you make it. <laughs> Just believe in the gospel and you made it. Are you getting me? All right. <clears throat> so does earth. Now, the funniest thing is this, and I want you to understand it. The earth controls the heaven. How do I mean? The earth controls the heaven. We have authority over what we say from here. That was why Adam's sin affected heaven. I don't think you've heard that before. Look at Hebrews 9 verse 23. Hebrews 9 verse 23. I'm trying to rush up because there's a lot I want to say today. Hebrews 9 verse 23. <clears throat> it was therefore necessary that the patterns of things in heaven should be purified with these, but the heavenly things themselves with a better sacrifice than this. Why would the heavenly things be purified? Because of sin. So Adam's sin affected heaven. Are you following what I'm saying? So that is why heaven is made for man and not God. Because sin cannot be in heaven. God cannot still be purifying where he is. He is holy. Are you following what I'm saying? Okay, now follow carefully. So who defied the heavenly things is Adam. And now he was to exercise his authority in heaven and earth. Now look at Matthew 18 verse 19. Matthew 18 19. Matthew 18 verse 19. Matthew 18 verse 19. It says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Whosoever shall bind, whatsoever ye shall bind on it, shall be bound where? In heaven. Matthew 18 verse 19. It says, Whatsoever ye shall bind on it, ye shall bound in heaven. And whatsoever ye shall Lose on it shall be lost where in heaven. Why? Because whatsoever we give authority over has the power also in heaven. You will get it soon. You will get it soon. Now look at look at something. Look at Matthew 16, verse 18. Look at Matthew 16, verse 18. This is Jesus teaching them. Matthew 16, verse 18. Man was created to be in charge. Man was created to be in charge. Man, listen to me, was created to be in charge. It says, Matthew 16 verse 11. No, I'm not looking for this place. I'm looking for where it says, I will give unto you the keys of the kingdom. I think I missed it up there. I will give unto you the keys of the kingdom. That's 19. Okay, Matthew 16 verse 19. It says, I will give unto you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth, shall what? Shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt lose on earth, shall be loose in heaven. Can you see how much you have in you as a believer to control situations? That is, when you speak and make a decree, hey, hey, <laughs> Jesus said it repeatedly that whatsoever you shall ask on it, you shall ask, it shall be given to you. In that sense, whatsoever you shall bind on it shall be bound in heaven. He was making them understand that you are in a place of position that, listen, a believer is in the best of two worlds. That is, we live from both realms. From the spirit world and from the physical realm. In the spirit world, we are seated somewhere. We are seated in a place of position far above our principalities and power. So whatsoever we make our decree here in the physical world is changing things in the spiritual realm. Are you following what I'm saying? So because a believer has words of authority. He says we are seated with him in heavenly places. He says far above all principalities and power. So that is, when you speak and you make a decree, heaven and earth give charge to answer. Amen. You follow me carefully? Now, let's continue. What happened in the head determines what happened in heaven. So when a believer opens their mouth to pray, 
You cannot but not see results. A believer sees results when they pray. I, I, I like that adage. If there is a man to pray, there is a God to answer. Prayers are answered here on earth, not in heaven. Are you following me? Where do we need situations? Where do we need problems to be addressed? On earth. Where do you need money? On earth. Where do you need people to favor you? On earth. So situations are addressed here on earth. So when a believer opens their mouth and they pray, they pray with power, they pray with might, and they pray with dominion. They cannot but not see answers. Because you have authority. He says, I give to you. That was a promissory note. He gave them at the very moment he rose again. Because it was not available in the four Gospels. They didn't understand. That was why Jesus had to teach them when he rose from the dead. He says, I give to you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. We have the access because we are there. No, you don't get it. I've been showing you from since we started that where Jesus is is where we are. So how do we have the keys? The very moment you got born again. That's the, that's the key. So don't start thinking, don't start saying, Pastor, I need to go and fast to collect some keys. To unlock the realms. You know, some people think there are realms you need to unlock. And there are dimensions you cannot get. Some people now think, except you praise him. <laughs> Pastor, you're right. If you cannot praise him, you will not raise him. <laughs> praise God. All our needs are here on earth. So when a believer opens their mouth to pray, except you don't know who you are, when a believer opens their mouth, you speak in tongues, you ask, you talk, you agree yourself in prayer. You bury yourself in the room of prayer. Ah! <laughs> Situations change. Things shift. There is power in your mouth and there is a power in prayer as a believer. When you give yourself to prayer, when you give yourself to prayer, not, not listen to me, there's prayer, there's prayer. <laughs> we need to differentiate this thing, Pastor. <laughs> there's prayer, there's prayer. Prayer is not, oh Lord, every demon doing me. That's not prayer. That's just, <laughs> that's just rhymes. That cannot be prayer. Where did you see Jesus pray that? If, if, if I was, you are. When did you see Jesus negotiate with devils? Come out! I will not come out. <laughs> I'm in the way, this body, 22. Seriously? Go! I'm not going. Demon is arguing with you, a believer. It's a shame. It's a shame. It says, cast them out. Do you know the meaning of cast them? Expel them. You have the authority to say, go. Listen to me. What the Bible told us is, resist the devil. Not pray with the devil. Or pray against the devil. There was never a scripture. We are the devil. The Bible told us we should pray against the devil. Never. If you find one, give me, I will give you more. <laughs> I'm serious. There was never. The only thing is says flee or resist. Resist means it's coming like this. Get out. They will respect you. The very moment you start saying, come on. Oh. <laughs> they will say that you don't know who you are. <laughs> you now start arguing for three hours. You are still delivering one devil. 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 Do you know who you are? He says he is under your feet. Under your feet means his authority. I explained that to you two weeks ago. His authority, his domain, his kingdom is under your feet. That means you are stepping on somebody. Then you are arguing and negotiating. So we will ask him, please, can you come out? So that this I can be free. <laughs> oh, glory, glory, glory. So now, watch carefully. Look at Luke 5, verse 24. Luke 5, verse 24. Luke 5, verse 24. Luke 5, verse 24. It says, But ye may know that the Son of Man hath power even 
after upon earth to forgive sin, he said unto the sick of the palsy, I said to thee, arise and take up thy cross and go to their house. Jesus was speaking with so much command. So much. The Jews were angry with his command. Who are you? How dare you? Just come and be speaking like this. Who are you, son of a carpenter? Are you getting what I'm saying? That is where the root of the Jews are today. Who is this guy? Who does he think he has? But he is talking from power. He's talking because he knows who he is. And listen, as a believer, you need to understand who you are. If you don't understand who you are, that's when you'll be having dreams where they are pursuing you. If you wake up and they are pursuing you, go back and sleep and pursue them. <laughs> no, I'm serious. There are some things you should not be praying about. You've been a Christian too long to see me praying about the devil, devil in 2019. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? You wake up and they gave you food. Drink water. <laughs> Drink water. <laughs> you eat your drink. Don't say, you know, so it's stupidity for some people to say, um, they give me food on my drink. <clears throat> and that food, so you know, they, 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 still, they, they even have a book. If you eat beans in the drink, it means you're eating poison. They say, if you drink Coke, you're drinking blood. You see, if you eat meat, you are eating your flesh. <laughs> Where can, can they explain it from the scripture? And you know what? You do, you say, mm, mm, mm. <laughs> Praise God. Jesus exercised authority over sicknesses, over disease, over problems, over situations. And that is the same way you too can exercise authority over it. It says you can bind anything on earth, it will be bounded in heaven. If you lose anything on earth, it will be loosed in heaven. That's to show you how much you are. Jesus said, All authority is given to me. The next thing he says, Therefore, go. The reason is because I have given you that authority as a result of what I have done through identification. So now, go in the mind of the authority you have. Am I communicating this morning? The believer's authority is formed when Christ raised from the dead. And when Christ raised from the dead, you and I became a man of authority. See, I'm a man of authority. I'm a man of authority. Man of authority. Look at Matthew 8. Let's begin to put this to a close. Matthew 8. Let's begin to put this to a close. Ah, Zofra Kash Kalida Bada Galisa Teya. Matthew 8. Matthew 8, verse 8 to 10. You are a man under authority. You are a man of authority. Lucky. The centurion answered and said, No, I am not worthy. That thou shouldest come under my roof. But speak the word only. Hey. Centurion <laughs> servant said, Speak the word only. Now, listen, let me tell, let me tell you why he said that. Let's read the next thing he says. And my servant shall be healed. Look at why he said it. He says, For I am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to this man, go, and he goeth. And to another, come, and he cometh. And to my servants, do this, and he do it. Look at this verse. Let's verse. And when Jesus had it, ah, Jesus marveled. Do you know why Jesus marveled? Even an unbeliever understands authority. There was only two places Jesus marveled in the scripture. He marveled at great faith and great unbelief. Two places. If you study the four gospels, where two places he only marveled at great faith and great unbelief. A centurion soldier who hasn't believed the gospel understands authority. And you, a believer, you are still praying <laughs> every demon in my father's house. He ah. <laughs> says, and when Jesus added, he marveled and said to them that followed him. 
Verily I said unto you. I'm sure he told his disciple. Ah, 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 this guy. Ah. <laughs> he said, you know when Jesus said, you see that very, very, ah, you know that he has entered a realm. He said, verily I said unto you, I have not found so great faith. No, not in Israel. So faith is exercising what? How do you exercise your faith? What? Next verse. Next verse. Next verse. It says, And I say unto you that many shall come from the east west and shall see them with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and the kingdom of Jesus now begin to teach. You know, when Jesus entered that dimension, the next thing is teaching them. He starts teaching them what to do next. He says, for I am a man under authority. Look at verse 8 again. Take it back to verse 8. Look at verse 8. Look at verse 8. No, take it to verse 13. Verse 13, I mean. Verse 13. Verse 13. Verse 13. <clears throat> and Jesus said to the centurion, Go thy way, as thou hast believed, so be done unto thee. And the servant was ill that very same hour. Don't say it is because it is Jesus. That's why it happened. Don't say that. Jesus used the opportunity to teach us that that same thing can happen. When you speak words, the Bible says your words are life. When you speak words, you are giving directions to God's power. Your words give directions to God's power. Your words channel faith. Your words channel power. As a man under authority, what do you do? You use your words well. Listen, and Jesus said to the centurion, Go your way. Thou hast believed, so be it done. And the Bible says, The centurion's servant was healed that very same hour. They were far apart. He says, the centurion said, for I am a man under authority. He was able to tell Jesus, you don't need to come. I'm a man under authority. I know when I can say, you servant do this. You servant do this. And they don't have any right not to obey me. So you as a believer, you know, start saying, all the powers leaving me, doing me, cash fire, cash fire, cash fire, cash fire. You're not getting yourself. That's no authority. That's fear. That's why they will torment you more. Do you know that most of the people that are still in that shackles have never been freed? Do you know? Do you know they have never been freed? Why? Because they are praying mostly in fear. They will pray today, they will tell them they are still not delivered. They will come back again. Another 30 days of deliverance. After the 30 days of deliverance, if you do 30 days of deliverance and you are still not free, and you are still coming for another 7 days, something is wrong. God is not that stupid. God's power is not that weak. Are you getting what I'm saying? God's power is not that weak. God's power is not that small that he cannot deliver you under a split second. And all you do is just, you go to a church and they tell you, listen, there are powers that is tormenting you. Open your mouth and pray loudly. Open your mouth and pray loudly. If you don't pray loudly, the devil will not leave you. Ah. Then you two start shouting, oh you devil. The devil is only having a full time there. That's where the devil tries. On ignorance, on your fear. Because you don't know who you are. Bible says the devil moves around, seeking who to devour. So it sees you. This one is still praying, this one. I stay here. That is why they have never been freed. You will see them, they were always having dreams. You see them, they were always having one situation. The next thing is, ah, I'm not yet delivered. Why will you be? The devil doesn't want anyone to be delivered. He doesn't want anyone to come to the light of the truth. He doesn't want... Listen, you know why, why people are angry with our church? It's because we are exposing the devil. Mm-hmm. Why they are calling us breaking church? They are, we are exposing the devil. <laughs> the devil cannot thrive here. It's not possible. It is not. Because when we say in the name of Jesus, the devil knows who is talking. <laughs> when we say in the name of Jesus, you devil, you get out. Ah. By saying the name of Jesus, you sickness be paralyzed. The devil know who is talking. 
But if you don't know, sickness, get out. Sickness, go. Sickness, go. <laughs> They'll say, the more you shake, the faster your miracle. <laughs> you can know your authority, but if you don't use it, you don't know it. Satan, demons are under our feet. Lust and affections are under our feet. Authority are words of command. Now, lastly, look at Romans 6 verse 4. Look at something you have authority over. You don't just have authority over sicknesses and disease and the devil. You also have authority over sins. Romans 6 verse 4. You have authority over sins. You are struggling with any situation in your life. You are struggling with any addiction. You are struggling with anything. You have authority over it. Look at Romans 4. Look at Romans 6 verse 14, I mean. Romans 6 14. Romans 6 verse 14. Romans 6 14, I'm sorry. Romans 6 verse 14. Romans 6 verse 14. It says, For sin shall not have dominion over you. It cannot. A believer in Christ is born free from sin. The moment you find yourself walking in the flesh, doing things of the flesh, that is, you are the one that gave room for it. You are the one that allowed yourself to do it. Because the Bible says in 1 John, it says anyone born of God cannot sin. But why do you sin? Because you don't know. So somebody will say, it's very difficult to live a righteous life. You don't know. Because we are born righteous as a believer. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, Gee, you knew no sin. He became sin for us. Why? So that we can become the righteousness of God in him. It is for sin shall not have dominion over you. It is why? Because you are not under the law, but you are under grace. So sin has no dominion over any believer. That's why the next verse, verse 16, look at verse 16. Look at what verse 16 says. Look at verse 16. Look at verse 16. He says, Know ye not that to whom you yield yourself servants to obey, his servants are ye to obey. He says, Whether to sin or to death or to obedience or to, or to unto righteousness. So if you give yourself to sin, you give yourself. But you have authority to say, This cannot, this addiction, these fleshly desires cannot have authority over me. I have authority over sin. I have authority over sickness. I have authority over diseases. Are you getting what I'm saying? So you are a man of authority. Why did Jesus live a righteous life all through his life? He understood. Are you getting it? When we say Jesus was a man and he did not sin, he understood. <laughs> so that is the same thing he wanted us to do. Some people say, hey, it's very difficult to live righteously. It's very difficult. No, you just didn't understand that you have power over it. If only you can use your words and say, this cannot stand on my body. You use your words and say, sicknesses. You'll be going, you know, I was saying this last week. You'll just be going on your own. One headache could just come. The very first word you said has given room for it. You say, I have a headache. You have gotten it. <laughs> you don't confess doubt. You don't confess your fears. You don't confess your thinkings that are not in line with God's word. You confess the word. That's why the centurion servant, what did he say? He said, speak the word only. 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 So as a believer, you are in charge. You are in charge over sin. You are in charge over sicknesses. You are in charge over diseases. You are in charge over the devil. Be on your feet this morning. Be on your feet this morning. You are in charge. The devil, listen, the devil is only a noise maker waiting for you to make the same noise like he is doing but you your words are spirit and life that is when you say go it goes when he say do something he does it if you say you devil i cannot give you permission in my body 
I cannot give you. Listen, listen to me. Bible says the thief cometh to steal, to kill, and to destroy. It says, I have come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. So sin, sickness, disease, the works of the devil are all of the devil. And you have authority over everything. Why you seek today is because you've not exercised your authority. Why you walking in the flesh today is because you've not exercised your authority. I want you to go into a speaking section. I want you to confess words of life. Speak words, project words to your body. Project words to your future. Project words. Say things will get better. Things will be with this will be well. Open your mouth and confess words. Open your mouth. You are a man of authority. Listen. A man of authority is not scared. A man of authority is not scared to speak. A man of authority is bold. A man of authority is bold to speak. Open your mouth and speak. Speak. Open your mouth and speak. Shantava Katelamanosha. Open your mouth and speak. Open your mouth and speak. Open your mouth and speak. Oh, Shepota. Everything is well with you. Sicknesses and disease can no longer stand your body. Addictions and fleshly desires cannot stand your body. Because you are a man of authority. You are a man in charge. You are a man of dominion. Open your mouth and speak. A man of the spirit is bold. Hallelujah. Listen to me. He says he has not given us the spirit of fear again, but a spirit of love, of power, and of a sound mind. So every believer is bold. You don't address a situation. You don't want to address a situation of the devil and say, go. You are not yet serious. You don't want to say, sickness is leave me now. You are not yet serious. You speak boldly. Open your mouth and speak boldly. Open your mouth and speak boldly. So when I spare you all. Open your mouth, speak boldly. Speak boldly. Say, Amen. Amen. Say, from today. You're not talking like you mean it. Say, from today. I am a man of authority. When I speak, my words are spirit and life. I have authority over sicknesses. I have authority over diseases. I lay my hands on the sick. They are healed. They are healed. I speak to my own body. I speak to my own body. And it obeys me. I speak to situations. And it responds it. And it responds. And it responds. And it responds. And it responds. I'm a man of authority. I know who I am. I know who I am. Worship me. Where I am. Where I am. Where I am. 